Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. SmileEyeSports.com. You can reach us on the Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. In the meantime, if you are thinking about dinner, and you should be, it's 5 o'clock, my suggestion, go to Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. I'm telling you, everything is great on that menu, and I'm not just saying that. And I've had so many different things. The ribs smoke perfectly. They make their own sauces. That's delicious. Uh, their chicken marsala, if you can believe it, amazing. Yeah, they have great non-barbecue options. As you know, Mace, I love the smoked corned beef Reuben. It is fantastic. The smoked meatloaf is great. And that balsamic, like mushroom glaze. Everything there is so good. And if you just want to go there for dessert, it's fantastic as well. You are going to love Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. They have two great locations in the Denver metro area. One, the one that I go to in Centennial off of Arapahoe Road, and the other one is in North Denver. Go to Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew. It's the best in town, and when you go there, you're going to say, yeah, Eric was actually right about something. Smoking Dave's Barbecue and Brew, absolutely the best in town. Time now for the lead. The lead is presented by Smokin' Dave's Barbecue and Brew, Colorado's best barbecue since 2007. Go get some tonight in Denver, Centennial, Longmont, Lions, and Estes Park. Okay, Mace, ESPN ranked all of the rookie draft classes, and I was really surprised to see the Broncos at number 10, especially when you consider Pat Sertan and Javante Williams were just voted the all-rookie team. This is what was written. They talk about Sertan and Javante Williams. They said those guys are starting caliber players along with several other potential future starters. Day three selections, Caden Stearns and Jonathan Cooper delivered solid performances on the 300-plus defensive snaps. But this is the part that gets me. The clearest path to the Broncos finishing higher here would have been if they targeted a quarterback with their first-round pick rather than Sertan. A cornerback, even one with a promising rookie season like Sertan, can only do so much to push a team forward. You buy in that, that the Broncos class should be knocked down a peg or two because Peyton didn't like Fields or Mac Jones. I don't think it's fair, but it's why I would it's why I would never give the Broncos an A plus for last year. Why I'd say it's an A it's an A minus rather than A plus. What if Mac what if Mac Jones and Fields don't turn out to be very good? Then you give a different grade later. It's the folly of grading after one year. Yeah, and I know that you shouldn't do that. I get that because you have to see how things play out. But just because George Payton didn't take a quarterback does not mean that he failed does not mean I'm not saying that you're saying that does not mean that the draft class isn't good. Right. It's just it, the thing. It's just until until that. But the thing is, until that question is answered, all the other questions are kind of are, are kind of secondary. 
I mean, you can you can build up the team as well as you can, but if you don't get quarterback right, the ceiling is going to be very low, and that's and that's why I can I I can see the logic. I I think it's unfair to to downgrade a class and those players and their accomplishments because on what you didn't take. If we're talking about the quality of the players you added, it's an A. No doubt. You know, uh, rank number one? Who? Let me read it to you, and you'll know right away. Mac Jones was the most impressive rookie quarterback this season, earning an 80 pro football focus grade. They're ranked 11th overall. Christian Barrymore became an impact player on the defensive line with 48 pressures. And Ronda Moore Stevenson was a big part of the backfield this season. But if they don't draft Mac Jones, I can promise you the Patriots aren't sitting at one. By the way, where so did you find this article? Because I didn't find it on ESPN. Well, maybe. I found oh, it on, on something ESPN. called trendfool.com. Well, that sounds like a website that you would frequent. No, I mean, I looked up like what it is. I, I looked up like the. Uh, the, the the text of it and I couldn't find it on ESPN. That, that's why I was like, because I, I wanted to look the art for the article and I couldn't find it. It's on ESPN Plus, but but I I should have sent it to you. That's the bottom line. But I digress. You know who's number eleven? Who? Hmm. Number eleven. Uh, you'll know who it is right when I read you number eleven. Chicago went all in by trading up for quarterback Justin Fields. Of course, because you just said it right okay. there in the first so, word. There was the open with Chicago. So, so wait. So the Broncos are ahead of the Bears, yet the Broncos are being dropped because they didn't take Justin Fields. Yet the Bears are behind the Broncos. Can you please explain that logic to me? That uh, the, the Broncos class was so the players the Broncos has had was were so good that they may have compensated for the fact they didn't address uh, quarterback. And by the way, I, I found I finally found it. it was a pro football focus piece on ESPN. Yeah. So. so let me ask you, where do you think, where do you think the Broncos would have ranked had they drafted Justin Fields and he played exactly like he did for the Bears? Uh, would they be? Well, would, so hold on, hold yeah. on, hold on. Let me finish. Would they be five? Would they be ten? Would they be fifteen? Because remember, you're taking Pat Sertan out of the mix. Yeah, but you're you're also leaving in Javante Williams, Quinn Miners, Baron Browning, Caden Stearns, Jonathan Cooper. Right? I yeah, believe if, if they had picked, but hold Just, on. I believe if, if they had. I'm answering your question. I yeah. believe if they had picked Justin Fields, they would have on this index. They would have been top five. Really? Based based on the logic that they are using, yes. Well, I think their logic is ridiculous. And how how good was Justin Fields according to Pro Football Focus? Cuz I'm guessing Pat Sertan was really high. So if you're doing it just based simply on Pro Football Focus numbers and you take away Sertan's excellent grade and you put in Fields' marginal grade, then the Broncos go below 10. Yes, but they even kind of point this out in their methodology here when they write about Fields said, "Quote Fields lived in a bad situation in year one. He did, however, still manage to make plenty of high-level plays and show the traits are there for him eventually to become a star. Fields record a 6.1% big-time throw rate and 14 explosive runs of 10 or more yards, both of which were fifth among quarterbacks in 2021. He rarely put the ball in harm's way from a clean pocket, as evidenced by his fifth-ranked turnover-worthy play rate on clean pocket dropbacks. So I believe if he had had that that data to go 
with, and he was on the Broncos, they would have been a top five class because that because that is their methodology of explaining why they still believe Fields was a good pick. Okay. You and I feel very differently about Justin Fields. I'm not going to ask you about uh, Mac Jones. Hold on. I need to sneeze. Give me a second. Riveting radio is wait for the sneeze, by the way. Wasn't that great? Well, it's live radio. I don't have the cough button. For wait, I turned wait. it off. Oh, Did you really? Like, I, was, I, I, I thought yeah, we were going to hear you sneeze. Thank you, Danny. I appreciate it. Okay. So I am guessing, I'm guessing, we don't need to have a long conversation about it. I'm guessing if you had to do it all over again, if you were the Broncos, meaning you, Mace, making the decision, you would have drafted Mac Jones over Pat Sertan. Is that correct? Not necessarily. Because I I think Mac Jones is in a situation where it is extremely tailored to his development. I think they're going, I think they, I think where he is will maximize him better than anybody else anywhere else. Okay. But pro football focus thinks that he's number one and they're number one because of him. So I guess you disagree with pro football focus. I I, actually, well, I always say pro football focus is a good tool, but not the end all be all. And I'm, but I'm trying to explain why they have their rankings as they do. I know. If you had to do it all over again, would you draft Fields over Sertan? If I had to do it all no, over again, I no, would have. Knowing what you know today, not projecting out with what you have seen through one season. If I had I'm not to, going to, if I had I'm to do it all give, over again, I yep. would have. If I had to do it all over again, I would yep. have taken the Bears' offer that would have gotten me an extra first-round pick this year. That's fine, that, but that didn't answer the question. Well, I know, I, I know but those are the two options, but I'm saying I wouldn't have taken either of those options. I would still go for door number three. Oh, okay. So you, you're you okay with Sertan not being on your roster and whoever you got at 20, who you don't know who would be, you're you're fine with literally flying blind. I am, I am because everything is about the quarterback and with an extra first round pick, I would have more capital to make a deal for a quarterback. That's why. Not this year, though. I know, but I said a deal. So you could be talking about a trade or you could be even talking about using the the assets of this year to accumulate them for next year. Or how about for Aaron Rodgers? Possibly that, too. Either either way, I I have more that I can work with for what I really need to change the outcome and the destiny of this team. That actually is the only play. You're not you. You don't you don't want two first round picks to move up to take a quarterback. I'm sorry. Unless you unless you're using them to move up and get more picks in 2020, move around and get more picks in 2023. Because if you do say let's Correct. let's just try to set everything up to have a chance at either be, being bad or moving up to get Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. That's a defensible position right now. Here, here's another way to put it. And this, you know, this would be a great, I know you don't write a lot of opinion pieces, Mace, for the DNVR.com. You're more of a numbers guy, but this would be a great, this would be a great, because you have pushed this, this theory since the draft that the Broncos should have made a trade with the Bears to now have the, what, what, what would the Bears pick have been? What uh, is the they, Bears pick? They would have moved down to, um, I believe they're they picking a 19 or, tw- 19 or 20. No, no, right now. Oh, that, that's oh, right. right. Oh, right now, I believe you'd be sitting on the number seven pick. So you'd have the seventh and the ninth pick right now. Yes. Right. So th- this is your column for thednvr.com. You ready? Yeah. Say that you push this narrative. 
Would you rather have Pat Sertan and a player to be named later at 20 or know that you probably easily get the deal done for Aaron Rodgers? That you would that I, you, would, you know what I gotta give you credit. That's a great that is that is, is a great idea because look, I don't know who the Broncos would have taken right. if they had if they had made that deal. The they next taken the, me. the next quarterback off the board was Caleb Farley, but they might but they might have opted for Greg Newsom, who actually had a pretty good season for the Browns this year. And Two was all rookie al- he was all rookie along with Pat Sertan. If you gave up two first-round picks this year, because the Packers are not going to draft the quarterback, you give right. up, and they they want to bolster their defense. You give up seven and nine in your first next year. Mm-hmm. All it would cost you would be another second, and boom, you're done. Yeah, that's your column. I know you're a numbers guy, but that would be a great opinion piece. That would be provocative. Thank you for the advice. I appreciate it. <laughs> you're welcome. That's why I'm here. Yeah. Coming up after the break, there's a report out of New York about Dan Quinn and the Giants' job, the Dolphins' job, and quite possibly the Broncos' job. We'll tell you what is being reported next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. And welcome back. Afternoon Drive, Goodman, Mason. Watch us, milehighsports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. In the meantime, what I'd say about my guy, my friend, Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. Trust is a big thing with me, and that's why I've been working with Eric for well over five years. He does my auto. He does my home. Getting ready to do my life insurance as well. He also does commercial. Uh, he is absolutely the best. And I want to work with people who treat me like they're – I'm their only client. I'm serious. What I mean by that is he's quick to return phone calls. He is quick to return emails. He treats me well. He doesn't call me back two days later. And also, I like the fact that he follows up every single year to make sure that I am in the right policy as well. Because remember, things do change. His staff at Cook Insurance, over 70 years of experience, they know the right questions to ask. They're going to get you the right policy because at the Cook Insurance Agency, farmers, it is about people, not about policies. Give him a call today. Trust me on this. 303-790-8089. Time now for the buzz. The Buzz is presented by Eric Cook at Farmers Insurance. The Cook Insurance Group, focused on people, not policies. Call today at 303-790-8089. That's 303-790-8089. Okay, according to Pat Leonard, who covers the Giants for the New York Daily News, and I'll see if you can follow me here, several league sources have told him that Bill's offensive coordinator, Brian Dayball, is the favorite to be the Miami Dolphins' next head coach. So what does that mean? 
if Dayball takes that job, Dan Quinn and Brian Flores are the leading candidates to be the Giants' next head coach. So, we know that Quinn has interviewed with the Bears. Uh, He apparently is going to be a leading guy for the Giants if Dayball goes to Miami. And remember, Dayball has a relationship, a strong relationship, with the Giants' new um, with the Giants' new general manager. And Quinn, you can make the case for the Giants. He's a local guy, but remember, the owner, Mara, reached out to Brian Flores before the new GM was hired. Right? Right. So the, the, the carousel that is spinning, I don't know where this stops on the Broncos, but I'll tell you this. If Dan Quinn is offered the Broncos job... He is not going anywhere but Denver. There's another thing also. Nathaniel Hackett, according to a report from Jacksonville, is going to have yeah. a second interview with the Jaguars tomorrow. It's great. Good yeah. for him. So, Yep. I mean, listen, o- o- uh, Callahan, O'Callahan? O'Connell. O'Connell, excuse me. O'Connell, he is a fallback. KOC. What's that? KOC, Kevin O'Connell. Yeah, KOC. Um, O'Connell is a fallback. And I think the timing is actually very good for the Broncos. If they can't get Quinn, Mm -hmm. if they can't get Hackett, then they now have another interview set up for next week. Yeah, do you there's one guy there's one guy pushing O'Connell, and that is their new director of pro development. Darren Muji, his college teammate at San Diego State. And, pounding the table, pounding the yeah. table, Mace, isn't a strong enough phrase to use yeah. what Muji is doing with O'Connell. And I have to say, maybe I just have a little bit of football PTSD here, but the last time you had a college teammate of a coaching candidate pounding the table for him, Matt Russell vouched for Vance Joseph and and helped will him to be the Broncos' choice. And another way to put it is there have been some very strong discussions amongst the decision makers on who to have brought in as that third candidate. Yes. Very strong conversations. I don't want to go as far as to say heated, but very strong. Not everybody wanted O'Connell. Not everybody. Mm -hmm. Everybody was not on the same page. Yeah. But Muji was the guy pushing. Yes. I mean, and look, he's known him for, for, I believe, uh, uh, I believe he's known him for about 17 years or so. Going back to San Diego state. So there's a, With, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a deep bond there, but uh, you know, I, if, it, but hope, but if, if the Broncos hire O'Connell, you hope the rest of the room ends up feeling the same way that Muji does. With that, you put a great poll out on Twitter. Mm-hmm. If you were Dan Quinn, which team has the better situation, the bears or the Broncos? We need to be brief because we need to make sure that we're out on time. So let's go rapid fire with this, and then we'll recap. Who has the better ownership situation, the Broncos or the Bears? Again, it's the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. I mean, you could could have a great situation in Denver. You could have a horrible situation in Denver. Maybe maybe you sit, but that being said, whoever whoever buys the team, let me finish. Whoever buys the team is going to have plenty of resources, so I'm going to say Denver. I'm going to say Denver as well, because you're dealing with the McCaskey family, just like you're dealing with when you're dealing with Dan Snyder. I'm picking the devil that I don't know. Quarterback situation. 
Who has it better? We don't know here or Justin Fields. I think I know where you're going. I'm going Fields because I know. I, I know okay. he's going to be. I'm going. Yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I'm not that crazy about Fields. I know that you are. And I know the Broncos don't have a quarterback, but I'm not that crazy about Fields. I don't think he has a fast processor. I think that's I think that's going to cap his growth. But I've but is also my understanding that Dan Quinn is not overly crazy about Fields either. And I think honestly that might be another reason why he would come to Denver. I mean the- he likes Fields. He's fine with Fields. He can work with Fields, but I don't think he really would love to have fields like other people would. I mean, I think a question maybe there is, does he like Justin Fields in case you don't get a Rogers or a, or a Wilson? Do you like Justin Fields better than the mystery box? The mystery box could be anybody from Marcus Mariota to Ryan Fitzpatrick as a bridge to it's hard to say. Yeah. I'll, Andy Dalton, I'll, I, whoever. Listen, all I can tell you is it is my understanding he isn't over the moon on fields like a lot of other people. He'd be fine with him. He would coach him, but he's not crazy about him like Ryan Pace was. But then again, Ryan Pace was also crazy about Mitch Trubisky. Which GM situation do you like better? George Payton. As do I. And that's a and that might be the biggest gravitational pull yeah. to get Quinn to come here if indeed that's what he wants to do. Then you look at the division in the NFC with the Bears. It's Cousins, Goff, and probably Jordan Love. And then we know what everybody in, in, in Broncos country is facing in the AFC West. Yeah, That's a, that, I mean that 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 if if you know how the um you know how the scales of justice mm-hmm. right or the 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 sign of Libra. It's as if you put a brick on one side yes. of the scale and you put an egg on the other one. That's it, how it, lopsided. That's exactly. And every and there, this is the most lopsided category of any of these. <laughs> and that is right. and that is what even if you think the Broncos have the edge in the other scenarios, this is huge. That is huge because the Vikings might yeah. trade Kirk Cousins too, and they may go into a full rebuild. Yeah, there's a look. If the Packers trade Rodgers. There, if you're Chicago, you go into next year thinking, "Yeah, we can win the division this year. Why not?" There's a clear the, path to immediate success. Believe it or not, to me, here is the hook. We know that Quinn has wanted to work with Peyton for a long time, and vice versa. I'll ask you, okay, putting all of these things into the pot. But this is the one narrative I'm going to give you. So I'm going to be narrow on this narrative. Mm -hmm. You have a chance as a head coach, Mace, to work with a guy, forget about that you really, really like, but you inherently and strongly trust his judgment as a talent evaluator. I know you're in the same division with Mahomes and Herbert. I get that. I know you don't have uh, an owner. I'm with you on that. I know that you don't have a quarterback. I'm with you on that. But you are working with a guy who is the final decision maker, and you really trust his judgment as he is honestly just starting to build this team. Is that enough to get you to come coach for that team? And we'll call it the Broncos because that's what I'm talking about. Over a team who just hired a new GM, who by all accounts through NFL circles, 
this kid's going to be pretty good. Mm-hmm. And you're in a division with crappy teams and honestly, not very good quarterbacks. Is it enough of a gravitational pull because you feel that strongly about your guy who's making the final decisions to bring you here? It might be for Dan Quinn. If I were in his shoes, I'm not sure it would be with all the other all the other aspects of this. But we know that Dan Quinn and George Payton have a long relationship that goes back 17 years. For so him, for you, I'm, for I don't put it this way. I don't think Dan Quinn is taking a job in Chicago without placing a call to George Payton first. Well, he, he's absolutely going to, whether he gets the offer. If he gets the offer, he's going to say, George, I got an interview. And then they'll say, what's the offer? And he'll say, come on in. Right. What I'm asking is, what would you do? Oh, if, if, if I were in Quinn's shoes? If you are Andrew Mason, and I just laid out the entire project for you, you have a guy that you believe in, he's the decision maker, and you really trust his judgment. You are pushing all your poker chips into the center of the table because of him, despite Every other player at the table. You, I, I, are you betting on him, or are you, or are you looking at everything else? Say Cousins, Goff, Jordan Love, you know, all that stuff. I'm looking at the overall situation and saying I, I, I'd take the Chicago job. Okay. Coming up after the break, Dick Monford is in the news, not because of anything he has done as the owner of the Rockies, but because you may or may not know he is the chairman of the board for the owners in this labor dispute. We're going to tell you what some people are saying about Dick Monford and the way he's handling it. Next. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman, Mason. Watch us. MyLifeSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to RMFP.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is presented by Impact Real Estate. Impact Real Estate is creative real estate and solutions with the greatest impact. Go to ImpactCommercial.co. Well, maybe you're not aware because it's really not the news because at the end of the day, the baseball owners and players really aren't on the brink of having to strike a deal with the possibility of losing spring training and losing part of the season. We're in the middle of the football playoffs, hockey, basketball, so on and so forth. This stuff is not getting a lot of press. Maybe you do or don't know. Dick Monfort is chairing the owners committee in this negotiation with the union. And according to Evan Drylich of The Athletic, uh, some of the union are irked by Monfort. Now, let's be fair about something before we dig into this quote. Usually you are irked with the guy on the other side of the table. Is that fair? Yes. Especially the chairman. Yeah. The mouthpiece. So, listen, we can sit and pile on Dick Monfort all day, but if we're really being fair about it, the guy who is the mouthpiece is always going to be the one who's going to take the most heat. He's always going to be he or she is always going to be the bad, the bad, the the villain. 
Right. Just as whoever heads the P, the the uh, so the PA is regarded as the villain by the owners and management. Right. Right. So with that, uh, according to Drylich, Monfort complained about the difficulty, at least of some owners, having the ability to afford their baseball teams and the ancillary costs of ownership, such as security and COVID-19 measures. Can you understand kind of where Monfort's coming from? I understand where he's coming from, but at the same time, uh, let's just say that um, in, in this climate, I, I don't know that kind of uh, poor mouthing things like that is going to do him any favors. And certainly well, I do wonder also though, if this sort of thing was leaked from the uh, from the players association side to drum up some sympathy in the public no question versus, versus the owners listen billionaires will always cry poor yep always cry poor but if we're being fair about it uh the owners did lose a lot of money during not this past season, but the season before, right? They did lose a lot of money, if we're being completely honest about it. But then again, so did the players. And if we're also being completely honest, when it comes to labor negotiations, uh, the players' union is stronger probably than any other union in the country, outside of maybe the Teamsters. (laughs) It seems that the owners get one put over on them all the time. But it wouldn't surprise me if, if the owners are having a difficult time. But who in the world is going to feel bad for a billionaire? Right. And by the way, I don't think Dick Monford is a billionaire. No, but his asset is worth over a billion dollars. Sure. Yes. He one point I, I one point three billion in the last uh, valuation. Barely. Yeah. But but that but that actually places him above only one two three four five six seven eight. That puts him, uh, I believe, a uh, twentieth in MLB in value. What I'm about to say, I need to set it up this way, is going to be very snarky. Okay, you ready? Yeah. You know why Dick can't sell the team? Tell me. Because his two boys will be unemployed. They won't be able to find jobs. I told you it would be snarky. Clearly, they will find jobs. Clearly, they will find jobs. Uh, All we need is a rim shot right there. (laughs) Right Right Right. there. But yeah. Yeah, Although the thing is, if the team is sold for $1.3 billion, my guess is they'll have a nice little inheritance coming and they won't have to worry about working if they don't want to. And listen, the, the, the truth about the Monford boys is this. They are hardworking boys. They were raised the right way from everybody I've talked to who knows them. They have worked their way up. You may not agree some of the promotions they have gotten, and that's fine. And let's be honest. Having the last name Monford is going to move you up the food chain. Mm-hmm. But it's not as if they are Johnny Bolin. Right. Yep. Johnny Bolin doing drugs, drinking and driving and doing TikTok videos and getting promoted. Yeah. And I think big difference. Yeah. And the other thing is, like, you, you can kind of see this. And I think it was also Pat Bolin's wish, but it's almost certainly not going to work out here. But Dick Bomford, I believe, wants to have the Rockies be kind of his family legacy, the family business. Be something well, hopefully the ca- boys can run it better than him. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully and, the boys can run it better than him. And, and you know what? We've seen examples in pro sports of the children doing better than the parent. I mean, you you look, for example, you know about the Chicago Blackhawks, for example. 
When Bill yeah, Rocky Wirtz has done a much better right, job when, than his dad, Bill. But when Bill Wirtz ran that show, it was a gradual slide into oblivion. Rocky Wirtz has done better. Jim Ursay has done much better than his father, Robert Ursay, with the Indianapolis Colts. Michael Bidwell, same versus his father, Bill Bidwell, with the Arizona Cardinals. You do have plenty of examples where the children learn from their parent how not to do it and they do it go in the opposite direction. So it's not, I don't view it as a bad thing if the Rockies get passed to the next generation of Monforts as long as they learn from the mistakes that Dick Monfort has made. I mean, as I hear you, you just gave three good examples, but you can also find a lot of bad examples you, too. You can, but I, I'm choosing Tons. I'm choosing to be optimistic here because right. like you said, the, Mon, the Monfort young men in the organization are diligent and hardworking. What do we have coming up on just in case you missed it? A ridiculous statistic about the Super Bowl that uh, will carry on for another year now that Tom Brady is out of the running. And uh, also, we'll talk about a little bit of college basketball, both the Buffs and the Rams winning last night. And uh, we'll talk about if the rivalry should be in all sports. I think it's something we've talked about before, but I want to revisit that topic. So that's coming up next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports. Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason, presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. Just in case you missed it. Just in case you missed it, the Colorado Buffaloes beat the Oregon Ducks last night in Pac-12 play 82-78 in Eugene. And CSU had a home victory as well. The Rams beat the Nevada Wolfpack 77-66 at Moby Arena in Fort Collins. CU lost at home to number nine and number number nine UCLA, number 16 USC before beating the Ducks. However, both those games were pretty close, and Oregon beat both those teams. So the Pac-12 doing a little bit of cannibalization as they usually do. CSU on the other hand, only has one loss this season. They have been ranked at times. They are currently not ranked. I think we've talked about this before, Eric. I'm pretty sure I know your stance. My my stance has come around a little bit. I think I was on your side that there's not a ton to gain for CU by playing CSU in basketball. I think that CU and CSU should play each other in all sports no matter what. For the spirit of rivalry, I think there's always something to be said about beating your in-state rival. Uh, do you think that there is something to gain from CU playing CSU? Just building up uh, the rivalry and uh, playing playing a program that's in your backyard. I mean, I think there's 
there's so much focus on the NCAA tournament and all that, but I feel like there, there's something to gain for all programs by playing uh, some games locally. Like, I would love to see, like, a, a doubleheader uh, stay at Ball Arena one night in December that's got uh, Wyoming, Air Force, CU, and CSU, a front-range doubleheader, or, or substitute out Wyoming for DU or Northern Colorado. Anything to kind of to generate some excitement and some uh, local rivalry, I'm all for it. When I covered the Kansas Jayhawks and Roy Williams was the head coach, he made it a point to have his schedule filled with at least one or two teams in the state of Kansas, like Washburn University, Pittsburgh State, Emporia State, schools like that. And his reason was to give them exposure to play, honestly, what would be every year the nationally ranked Jayhawks. Mm-hmm. That That's why he did it. Colorado State is not a Pittsburgh State, the Gorillas, not not the Ichabods of, of, of Washburn, you know, not, not, not the Emporia State Hornets. Colorado State is a step above, if we're being completely honest. But I think we're using the word rivalry way too loosely. I'll ask you, North Carolina Duke in basketball, do Dukies hate North Carolina people in general? Yeah. Do North Carolina people hate... Dukies in general? Yeah. Do Colorado State people hate Colorado people in general? I think there's a resentment there, yes. Do you think Colorado people even care that Colorado State is on the map? Sadly, they don't. As a a CU alum, I'll say that I know a lot of CU Buffs fans and alumni who who really enjoy the... uh, It's a schadenfreude thing. We like when the Rams are bad. But in, we don't just ignore them. But, but, but well, you you don't really care. And honestly, when CU well, plays I'd rather CSU, play them and whoop up on them. Okay, and and I suppose that's fine. But a rivalry is something where there is venom on both sides. That, that's Michigan, Ohio State, venom on both sides. That's what to me. That's what a rivalry really is. And oh, by the way, you being a CU guy, you lose occasionally to Colorado State. It's it's a no win situation. You should be, I and mean, if you lose, you're you're completely embarrassed. That's not the way it is with most rivalries. Well, let me ask you guys this though: like, we're, we're not, I'm not saying that uh, you have you have this game at the expense of say uh, he originally had Kansas on the schedule and that got wiped out because of COVID. But why why can't CU play CSU instead of Cal State Bakersfield? It's a good they point. Could. Yeah, that's well, what that's what we're talking. Or, or Eastern Washington. Or, or main, and I'm bringing up football the, or basketball and basketball, and I'm bringing up those three games that are on the schedule this year for CU: Maine, Eastern Washington, Cal State Bakersfield, because all of those games drew below six thousand people to the CU Event Center, and I'm quite certain that if you dropped CSU in for any of those games, you would have had more people in the stands than you did for those. Yeah, but it's a conversation right now because Colorado State's really good. I think the I, I think that would be the case even if I think CSU, CSU would were bad. beat them this year. Yeah. What, what's that? I think CU would beat Colorado State this year. Colorado State well, plays nobody. Well, of course you'd say that because you're a CU guy. Well, there 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 was a chance that they would have played this year, but the game would have been down in St. Thomas in the U.S. Virgin Islands right. because they were both in the Paradise Jam. But of course, CU. Got upset by Southern Illinois in the first round, and uh, that, as they say, was that. 
Basketball, you, you can make the cases a little bit easier to schedule, right? Why in the world, to your point, Mace, why are you playing Duquesne? Why are you playing Brown? Why are you playing Maine over Colorado State? That's a fair point because well, you have a lot of non-conference games. Well, Duquesne, football, Duquesne and Brown were in the Paradise Jam, but I get what you're saying. Why are you playing Maine? Why are you playing right. Montana State? Why are right. you playing Cal State Bakersfield? Right. I'd rather right. see them play CSU, DU, Air Force. I don't think. I think you know what, and I'll say this to you, Danny. I think Colorado thinks it's 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 the it's the big the big boy in town, and they don't need to bother with little Colorado State. The truth is, it's unfortunate that Colorado really hasn't been that great in football in a long time. And honestly, in basketball, as much as I love Tad Boyle, he's done a great job. It's not as if Colorado is a national power. Very true, which I think makes those in-state rivalries all the more right. important to bolster uh, appreciation and love for the program. All right. Uh, just in case you missed it, incredible stat, I thought, from uh, that I saw on CBS Sports with Tom Brady losing in the divisional round. No quarterback in NFL history has led the league in passing yards and won the Super Bowl in the same year. So that's in the 56 years since the AFL-NFL merger. Uh, is this a curse? Or is there something else that might explain that trend? Well, typically speaking, um, and not always, because sometimes you have an incredible season like Peyton Manning had, but typically speaking, if you lead the league in passing yards, it's not just because you're a good quarterback. It's that you've been playing from behind or you've struggled to run the ball and you're one-dimensional. So being number one as a quarterback in passing yards is often a function of something being amiss in that and having a little bit of imbalance. And so that's why you haven't seen it. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with your first point, because if you're playing from behind a lot, chances are you're not even making the playoffs to begin with. But to your second point, I do agree with. There is a reason why Dan Marino struggled getting to another Super Bowl after his first one, mm -hmm. because he gave up on the run early in a game and wanted to sling it all over the place. And by doing that, you're going to have incompletions. When you have incompletions, you're going to have your defense on the field for a very long time. You need to have a balanced offense, and usually more balanced offenses, generally speaking, are going to advance further in the playoffs. Plus, a more balanced offense travels well. Real quick, well. though, just one, one real quick stat. The last eight passing yards leaders, six didn't make the playoffs. And, and to your point, maybe that has to be – maybe that's because mm -hmm. they are playing from behind and they right. are garbage stats. Exactly. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But generally speaking – if, you, if you're playing from behind, you're not making the playoffs anyway. To your point that you just made. Yeah. And I made. All right, that's going to do it for us, guys. Thanks so much for everything you do back at the station. I will be in the studio tomorrow to see all of you. Mace, great job today. You too. Danny, we're getting out early. You excited? I'm, uh, yeah, I'm beaming back here. Okay, he is. Good. He's really smiling. Make it the best possible night you can. <laughs>